You're listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert, and I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Take your live calls, answer your emails, speak to authors of books which I find interesting, and today I actually have a celebrity on. I think it might be my first celebrity. <laughs> So let me bring him on, and we are going to discuss his book, which is... Hello? Hi. Yeah. (laughs) Hey there. (laughs) Oh, you caught me off guard there. Damn. (laughs) Okay, so I'm on the line with Finesse Mitchell, who wrote Your Girlfriends Only Know So Much. So let me give you a proper introduction here, although I'm sure you need no introduction. (laughs) Okay, so from BET's... Comic View to the Tyra Banks Show, from Comedy Central Presents to the Today Show, Finesse Mitchell got his big break when he was asked to be a feature player on NBC's Saturday Night Live and was promoted to cast member in 2005. He now headlines the top comedy clubs and released his first stand-up comedy DVD, Snap Famous. He also contributes a monthly dating and relationship column in Essence Magazine, and his website is finessemitchell.com. So welcome to the show. Thank you. you know, I was like, man, who's she talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> who, who is this person? <laughs> um, so I love your name. Do I have to ask you, do you have finesse? Uh, no doubt. No doubt. You have to grow into it, though. Because uh-huh. I'm from Atlanta. So in Atlanta, it's cute when you're three and four years old and your name is finesse. Right. But then when you become a grown man and your name is finesse, <laughs> You, you got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> you got a lot of explaining to do. Um, yeah, so. You know, it's funny Atlanta that. Atlanta and San Francisco, I just tell people my name, uh, Derek Fisher. Right, right. Ch- <laughs> changing something else. Uh, you know, it's yeah, funny right. that um, you were on Saturday Night Live because I don't know if this ever happens to you. Because were you on, a writer on there before you were actually on the show? No, actually, I just went straight into uh, being a feature player, then a uh, cast member. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, sometimes I'll be in a situation in my life. And something strange will be happening, and I'm thinking, you know what? This could be a skit for Saturday Night Live. You better write it down. I know. You, you got to connect now. I can put you in with the right people. Ooh. Well, I'm not a comedian, so I'm not trying to get on Saturday Night Live. No, but a lot of people love to write, and a lot of people always get themselves in funny situations ah. or just, you know, you're like, you're, say you're driving to Orlando, for instance. And like all you are now? Think of something funny. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you think of something funny, you're like, oh, that would be a perfect sketch. So, uh, okay. yeah, I've tried to hook up a couple of my friends like that. All right. Well, I remember two of these life instances, so I'm going to go home and write them down. There it is. And then I'll hit you up. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, now, how did you come to write this book? Because, obviously, you know, you're a comic, and now you're writing a book. Like, what's going on? <laughs> well, in my last year of SNL, I was actually looking for something to get involved other than stand-up comedy. 
and I was doing so much writing on the show that uh, it was just by by fate, Lucci. I, when I tell you, two of my uh, friends approached me from Essence Magazine and asked me would I be interested in, you know, being a contributor uh, for a one-time column, a one-time piece they were doing, giving women relationship advice. Mm-hmm. They wanted a couple of bachelors like me and Tyrese and some other guys, and we all were all going to, you know, the hot guys. write a collective. <laughs> yeah, um, we were going <laughs> we to all write a collective piece. And um, when they got my answers, they decided to just go with my answers to the questions. And the next thing I know, they asked me two months later, would I like to do it again? And I said, okay. And then they asked me, then they took me to dinner after that. Mm-hmm. And then they asked me if I wanted my own column. So while I'm out touring and, you know, just doing shows, I guess the column was doing well, f- you know, for the magazine. And they came out... Uh, you know, they, they asked me out to dinner in New York, and they just started grilling me all these different questions just to see if these answers were coming from me. Uh-huh, right, right. <laughs> and then after that, and then after that, they asked me if I wanted my own column. So the column, after a year into the column, the column led to the book deal mm-hmm. because uh, a book agent out of uh, out of New York was a fan of the column, and she asked me would I be interested in writing a book, sort of along the lines of she's not that into you, or he's just not that into you. Yeah. Sort of like a you know an urban version of it, and I was like, sure, you know. And, and then that's how everything happened. We sent out the proposal. All the publishers were very interested, and we signed with uh, Simon & Schuster. Wow. Well, good for you. I mean, damn, I've had a column for five years. Nobody asked me to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people ask me all the time, how did you get your book deal? How do you get a book deal? And honestly, I'm coming from one of those angles where, you know, I really don't know what I did. Right. You know, I, I was writing a column, and the next thing I know, somebody approached me, and then the next thing I know, somebody approached that person, and the next thing I know, they were like, yeah, what would, what would the book be about? So we wrote it down in about 15 pages, what the book was about, who I was, what is marketing, who, who we're marketing to, and what the target audience is, and why the book is necessary. And the next thing I know, everybody wanted to publish the book. Wow. Then the hard part came to write it. Oh, uh, uh, yes, yes. Write it. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm actually um, writing a book, a book proposal myself now. It's on cougars because I specialize in cougar relationships. Okay. And I'm, I hate writing the proposal, so I can imagine what writing the book is going to be like. <laughs> uh, uh, Courtney Cox has a new sitcom called Cougars. Yes, Cougar right. Town. Cougar Town, yeah. That's right. That seems like a hot thing right now. I know. <laughs> now, why, now, are you, now you said, are you now you an expert in that field, or do you observe it a lot, from no. a lot of close? You friends? are you are speaking to the top expert in the cougar field. Oh wow! Okay. Now, how do you become the top expert so in the watch cougar out. field? <laughs> uh, well, by dating a lot of young men. <laughs> there it is. All the fraternity boys, watch out. Uh, well, Lucia maybe, is on the prowl. Yeah, right. Maybe a little older than fraternity boys. <laughs> well, and well you know, fraternity boys are for life. Well, I heard you're in a frat- you were in a fraternity. I'm still a Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. I want to give a big shout out to all my Kappa brothers out there. Yes, I'm sure you they're, know they're all listening. Fraternities, we take that. We take it to the grave. We get brands and tattoos. It's not over once we finish college. But with a lot of white fraternities, you know, they always say they always talk in past tense. Oh, I used to be a Pike, <laughs> or I used to be a Big F, or something like that. Yeah. But it's for life. Way to go. So Once a cute dog, always a cute dog. <laughs> you know, once a cabal, always a cabal. Right. So now, are you married? Very married. Very good. I just had my, I just had my one-year wedding anniversary, September 13th. Well, they say that the first few years are the most difficult. Are you finding that? Yeah, the first few years are the most difficult. Uh-oh. But it's like we've been together, you know, going on five years now, mm-hmm. over five years, and 
and then, you know, we just had our one-year wedding anniversary. And I think you're always learning people, you know what I mean? I think you're always uh, learning something new about yourself and something new about your partner, you know what I mean? Yeah, you always have so to keep growing. Yeah, it's a constant growth process. So, you know, you have a lot of great one-liners in this book. Your girlfriends don't <laughs> only know so much. Of course you have a lot of great one-liners. You're a comic. Hello. I tried to write it as funny as I could, but as informational as I could at the same time. Well, it worked. Um, so let me uh, say one of them now. You said, before I can help you find the one, you must first find you. Mm-hmm. And I, I that's, mean, that, that's, that's the opening poem, right? That's right. Hmm. Did you write that poem? Oh, no doubt. Do you like it? Yeah, I didn't know you wrote poetry. I didn't know either until I started typing. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that would be a cool way to, you know, break the ice, you know. Yeah, but and I believe, and I and I definitely believe that's important, you know, that you know people try to find some sort of, you know, have some sense of who they are and where they're going and the direction they want to go in. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's 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 extremely important when you get into a relationship. That way you know if you're compatible with somebody or not, you know. Right, because if you don't know any of those things and then, you know, you start dating somebody and they into a whole lot of stuff, you're just going to go along for the ride because you don't even know what you like about yourself. I know, and a lot of people are going along for the ride, unfortunately. A, lo- a lot of people wake up two years, three years later and I'm like, do I even like you? <laughs> or like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. And, and Meanwhile, the other, the other person even know they did something wrong. I know. Well, usually it's the guy that doesn't know anything's wrong, <laughs> if I may be so sexy. Right. <laughs> he, the guys are always like, but I thought you were happy. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I guess that's probably why you have the, the date quiz, um, so people can figure it out to see if they're even ready to date. Well, a lot of people are scarred from past relationships, and then a lot of people... Uh, and not even that. A lot of people are just so used to being by themselves. They just have a hard time either sharing or, or compromising or being a team player. So you, you, it, that, that quiz in the beginning is sort of like, where do I rank? Am I ready to actually get out there and get my feet wet? Or am I ready to just date? Or am I ready to be monogamous and look for a really serious, committed relationship? Right. So that's a good quiz to start off with. And then you said that men can detect when something isn't right and they pull away. So how do they know? Is it uh, their man tuition? It's a bunch of things. You know, men are very sneaky. Are our they? men have objectives where they just want to sleep with you and keep it moving. I didn't know that. And then, yeah, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's some of the things men try to do. Wow. You know, but uh, other than that, you know, some, some guys look for little things to say, you know, is this person right for me? And if not, you know, do I want to get too deeply involved before it's too hard to pull away? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So guys are quick to call a girl crazy in a minute, awesome. even if they're the one driving them crazy. Right. They usually are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know, and that's the thing. The difference between men and women, I find, is that, you know, the guys are willing to pull away, They're even if they're emotionally involved, and yet the women, even if the guy, I mean you know, beats them up or whatever, they're still willing to stay. Yeah, women are more nurturing like that. Women are more get emotionally attached. A lot of times because sex is involved or because they have invested a lot of time and energy or they're just comfortable with the fact that they have a man, you know. So all of a sudden you have a man and then all the, and all your people know you have a man and then it doesn't work out. Then you got to explain to everybody why you don't have a man because they were thinking life was perfect. 
Right. So a lot of times people don't want to break up because of reputations and how they may be perceived by others. But, and then after that, um, I mean, there's so many reasons why women will stay, whether mm-hmm. it's just, you know, low self-esteem or whether it's just, you know, just uh, being frightened to be back out there on their own or just too financially committed, you know, to, mm-hmm. to a situation where it's like, okay, if I leave now, you know, where am I going to go? Or this guy's going to take half my money or whatever the case may be. I mean, women really think into all that stuff. Well, guys just get up and go. Right. <laughs> Which is probably a good thing, actually, you know, instead of thinking. Yeah, I think in some situations it's best to just get up and go. Right. You know? I agree. I agree. Okay. So paraphrasing what you said, um, the biggest weapon of guys who are just playing is a woman's eagerness to get involved with someone. I find that to be so true. Hello, you better speak it. Oh, that's something I said. Uh oh. <laughs> but that's true, right? Yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, I know. So, like, so a lot of my wife's girlfriends really want to be in relationships. So they're really looking for the right guy. And even if they got a guy that's maybe half of what they were actually looking for, mm-hmm. they like the idea of dating. You know, whether they are looking at father time because their biological clock is ticking. Or whether they're just, they, you know, they just want to date. They want to be with somebody, mm-hmm. you know. And it's hard to be around people who are always, who have that mate and they can always date and they can always go back to someone where a person always goes home alone, you know. They get tired of that feeling. Yes. Yeah, I think. So guys will, guys will prey on that sometimes. I know. I know. I, the, yeah, I think that I'm trying to teach women is that, you know what, it's better to be alone than with the right person. I mean, with, with the wrong person. <laughs> with the wrong person, right. But sometimes loneliness, I mean, even though I always tell that, I always, you know, preach that too, but loneliness sucks too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just think sometimes it just gets to the point where, you know, people get too emotionally attached, whether it's sexually, physically, emotionally, mentally, with somebody who they knew from the get-go was not the right person. Mm-hmm. But they were just passing the time until the right person came along. Now they find themselves stuck with the wrong person or the wrong person wants to leave them, and it's an ego thing because they don't want to be left by somebody they weren't that interested in in the first place. That's right. It's like, I think you leave me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. Unfortunately, I know all too well. Um, okay, and then in terms of what men are looking for, you said, okay, they're looking for a woman they're attracted to, motivated by and who provides nourishment. So what do you mean by nourishment? Well, all men all men love women who know how to maintain a certain a certain happiness and calmness about themselves where it's like, man, I can't wait to get home because that's like the safe zone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you can make like a happy home for somebody, people always say that term you know, guys always say, you know, don't mess up a happy home, don't break up a happy home. Yeah. You know, that 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 stress-free living is a lot when you go out there and you get beat up on the job or you get, you know, backstabbed by some friends or, you know, you didn't, you know, your relatives are stressing you out. Sometimes you just want to be able to sit in your own home and a person knows exactly what you're thinking. They know exactly what you want to eat. They know exactly how you're feeling. They know when to say what joke. It, you know, it, it's that comfort of home. And some, a lot of women, they just are really great at just providing that atmosphere where guys are always coming home, you know, mm-hmm. versus guys just, you know, they, they're here one minute and then they, they're moving on to the next relationship because they can't find that, that peace of mind. 
So then out of the three things, the attraction, the motivation, and the nourishment, which one do you think uh, has the, like, is the most important that guys are interested in? Well, when it comes to guys, believe it or not, the shallowness of it is attraction. <laughs> they got to be able to look at you. Well, okay, yeah. It got to be something about you that they're saying, this turns me on. Yeah. This is the girl I want to talk to over all others. Then there's that motivation where you're like, man, I want to do right. You know, I want to make sure that that this woman doesn't want for anything. Man, I want to make sure that I got, you know, all my ducks in order. You ever heard you ever heard guys say, yeah, I will, get, I will marry you, but I just, I'm just not financially ready yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they always throw that up as an excuse. Right. Well, some guys use it as an excuse, but some guys really want to be set so that when they do make that move, you know, it's an easy transition because finances can easily break a marriage apart, mm-hmm. can easily break a relationship apart. We all know that. Right. And so, and then, and then what's the last one that I said? <laughs> nourishment. What's the last one? I, yeah, nourishment. What did I write? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you now nourishment, if your woman can't cook, you can always eat out. Ah. Uh, so that's why that's last. <laughs> okay, got it. So let's on. Uh, but women who can cook definitely have an upper hand over women who cannot. Uh oh. That might be why I'm that's single. That's true. <laughs> but I, but I know plenty of men who went back just because of the cooking. Oh, okay, but okay, but look at it this way: women who can't cook. If you're with a woman who can't cook, then you can never get fat. Yeah, there it is. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. I never. That might be the next book. <laughs> <laughs> that might be your next joke. <laughs> that might be the next joke. Look at it this way: well, if your woman can't cook, you'll never get fat. <laughs> Well, it's true, you know, because, I mean, I'm not fat, and I never will get fat because I can't cook, so there you go. Um, okay. But then you could be eating out all the time and eating the wrong things. No, you, you wouldn't eat. I'm, you wouldn't eat out. You, you know, you, you <laughs> <laughs> obviously, duh. You, you, you would just hook up with a guy that loves to cook. Uh, yes, I had one of those. Uh, either and how did that work out? Well, he wanted to marry me. <laughs> and? And I didn't want to because I wasn't ready. Because he was too old, right? He was your age. You wanted a youngster. No, 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 this is actually, I was in my <laughs> I was in my 20s, and he was actually eight years older. Oh, okay. So, but I wasn't ready. Um, right, I hear you. Yeah. You sound like one of those career women who really wanted to get her thing off the ground first before she hooked up with a guy. Now, now, what makes you say that? Well, because you said, this guy would cook for me, which obviously he showed you love. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I know he looked like something because career women love to have those guys that look like something. <laughs> whether they work out or whether they just got a nice head of hair mm-hmm. or they got a pretty smile. They got to look like something. But at the same time, at the same time, it's like you don't want to be put in a box either. You know what I mean? You want to be able to. Leave and come as you go and make sure you're making all the right connections to get what you're trying to get off the ground. And sometimes uh, older guys can hold you back from doing that. Yeah, I can see that. But see, the reason he cooked, actually, was because this was in Italy when I was living there. He owned a little um, a little mini supermarket. And so he would bring ah. he would bring fresh food home every night and cook it. Ah. <laughs> and I would just sit and there. And you threw that away? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, if you're not if you're not ready, you're not ready, right? I mean, you know all about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Okay. Because that's the worst. That's the worst to get into it and then say, you know what, I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the day after your wedding day. And he actually said he was willing to wait as long as it took. Man. I know, but I still wasn't ready, so 
There you, it's best for him that he married someone else, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you saved him, huh? Yes. No, because he probably wanted a, you know, a housewife or whatever, kids and all that, and I wasn't that person, so... Anyways, enough right. about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm always overanalyzing people. You no, give me a little bit of information, I'm going to run with it. Right, right. I see that. Well, that's what happens, I guess, when you're a comic, because you have to analyze everything mm-hmm. to get the joke out of anything. Okay, so on to the wonderful topic of sex. <laughs> so uh, My favorite chapter. Yes, everybody's favorite chapter. So it's funny. Uh, okay, I'm going to quote this line here, and I'll tell you a story that happened recently. Uh, it says, if it doesn't feel right to you, but you can tell it's feeling right to me, keep me vertical. Don't let me... <laughs> yeah, I found that very funny. Don't let me lay down anywhere and don't come sit on my lap to cuddle. So, you know, I actually read this the other day and then someone was over last night and I didn't want to do anything. And, uh-huh. and, uh, and I wanted to talk to him about something. And so I laid, I laid down, I laid down on the floor. Uh-huh. And he was on the cu- and he was on the couch and so what do you think he did? He joined me on the he got, floor. He got he got horizontal on the floor. <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess maybe you need to add next time and also you stay vertical too. Right. Like the only way you can do that is if you sit in a chair. You have to sit in a a, a love seat or something like that. Now if a guy tries to squeeze in a love seat, you be like, hey hey hey, you know, <laughs> no room. But if you're on a couch, even if you're just sitting on the couch, there's pre- pretty soon he's going to lay on his back and pull you on top of him or vice versa. Right. Somebody's going to get horizontal pulled. on that couch. Someone's going to get pulled. But you thought you were slick just <laughs> laying on the floor <laughs> while he was on the couch. <laughs> all you told him was that you wanted to have a picnic. That's all you said. You said, girl, you said, man, get down on this floor with me. And I so wasn't. I just like laying on the floor, and I was very comfortable. And I thought, great, I'll lay on the floor. He'll ta- uh, uh, sit on the couch. And we'll talk, and instead, next thing you know. <laughs> was, was that his first time over? Uh, no, but actually nothing happened, because I'm okay. a grown woman, and I stick to my guns. <laughs> right. And besides... Uh, did, he try, did he try more than once? No. You know what? Actually, he was so tired, he fell asleep on the floor. <laughs> there it is. Maybe you just have the most comfortable floor in the world. <laughs> well, my atmosphere at home is very comfortable, because I had, you know, the spa channel on, and the fan going because it was hot and plus my um, my own vibe is very calm so I think people come there and they go into like a comatose state right <laughs> so but this not is to, not to mention all the candles and incense burning and no, soft music playing no I'm just kidding yeah <laughs> no not last night no candles but um so I mean <laughs> this is true because like you said in another section of the book you know it's bad for a grown woman to be uh messing around with someone on the couch without having any attention to do anything. Right. Men always think sex first. I mean, if you invite us over to a private place, you know, obviously you're looking good and smelling good. You know, you're walking around real sexy. We can't help but think sexually. Right. Now, if you want to wait, we'll wait. And if you want to do something right then and there, we'll do something right then and there. But uh, we're, we're definitely playing off of the vibes we're getting. Right. I know, because a lot of times women, they just, you know, they want to look sexy, you know, and all that, and they're willing to up to a certain point, and then it's like, uh, no, I don't think I want to go anymore. <laughs> right. Women, see, but men take sexiness and makeup and perfume and jewelry. We take all that as, oh, she want to sleep with me. She got dressed up. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. When that could just be your normal routine to entertain somebody. That's right. You know? But, uh, 
Or, yeah, because people always want to look their best. And when someone doesn't, that's when you can tell they're way too comfortable, way too soon, you know. Right. And and, uh, and no flannel pajamas ever, no matter what. No matter what. <laughs> no matter how long you've been married. <laughs> ever. You can have plaid, but not, not flannel, not that thick. Not that, you know. I have plaid. I mean, we really, you do? I have plaid boy shorts. Plaid what? Boy shorts. You know what those are? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, my wife has plaid, like, kung fu twist tie pants or whatever you call them. Uh-huh. But those real thin ones that are real sexy. Right, right, right. Just lays on them. Did you uh, meet your wife on the road? I met my wife in my last season of Saturday Night Live. Uh, I came down to South Florida just to hang out with a good friend of mine. And I happened to meet her uh, on South Beach. Well, I happened to meet her at my friend's house, and we all went to South Beach as a big group. And then she and I just kind of hit it off. And then we just started dating. Then went from long distance to, you know, moving in with each other. And then went from moving in each other to engagement. And went from engagement to the big day. Wow. So once in a while, a long distance relationship can work out. It can work out. Like if a, if a guy, especially if the guy's ready and he knows what he wants. Yeah. And. You know, he's guiding the female down that road, and you can tell when a female is not interested because, like you said, you, you, you either let a guy know or you start acting in a way where he's like, hmm, she's, she's not on the same page as I am. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, with us, everything was just, it was an easy flow, an easy transition. You know, we were making easy decisions, and next thing I know, you know, two, two dogs and a cat. <laughs> Boom. And a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so back to the sex. Now, uh, <laughs> in terms of first date sex, you said that sometimes men frown on women having sex on the first date, and sometimes they don't. So what determines whether they, they're going to frown it on, on it or not? If we like you, like you. Because uh, we can like you, but mm-hmm. we just want to have sex. Right. We like you, like, yeah, I'll have sex with her. Or you'll hear, you'll hear a guy say, oh, yeah, I'll hit that. Mm-hmm. Or if we or we like, man, this can be my lady. So we already look at you like this can be my lady. It doesn't matter when we have sex. So we can have it on the first date. We can have it a week later, a month later. So then you. But if, it, but if we're having it more than two or three months later, most guys are still having sex until we decide that we are monogamous. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I know that. <laughs> but then I always say, well, I don't. As long as I'm not having sex with you, I don't care if you're having sex with other people. Right. C- right. A lot of women don't do that. A lot of women want you to say. A lot of women go by the rule of, while we're dating, even though we're not having sex, don't you have sex with anyone else? Well, yeah. Well, since I know men, I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I just assume that they are and go from there. Um, you sound very experienced over there. Yeah, a little too experienced maybe. <laughs> um, so you're saying that maybe a guy may know like right off if he's uh, interested in uh, the woman being his lady? Oh, Absolutely. You know, sometimes people walk in a room and you're just automatically blown away. You're just like, wow. And then it takes somebody to say something really dumb or a high squeaky voice <laughs> or bad breath right. or something make you say, ugh, what's that about? And then all of a sudden, you know, you, cook, you quickly land back on the ground. Right. But if everything keeps going smoothly, then you automatically think to yourself, okay, she has to have a man. She has to have a man. So then you intimidate yourself from going over to talk to her. And that's why a lot of cute girls 
stay single because guys won't approach them because they already think they got men. Mm -hmm. And a lot of girls, you know, who are used to being approached or who are raised in a certain way, they won't approach the guy. Right. So it's, it's like a stalemate. People leave. They never really got to know each other. And you're like, man, you know, that was, I, was, I just wasted my night, you know. <laughs> or they hear two days later, so-and-so thought you was cute, you know. And then you and then you have to play the whole game of well, why didn't he say something? Blah blah blah. You know. Right. Yeah, that's why. But absolutely, we would definitely know. We you know we see somebody and we're like, wow, she could be the one. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's why I tell women, even if you don't want to approach someone, at least smile and give them a signal, let them know you're interested. Absolutely. Chapter two. <laughs> got to have a smile on your face if you're trying to meet. You got to be approachable. You know. You know, you got to look like you want to be approached, or at least you're having a good time. Because if you look like you're pissed off, then somebody's going to be like, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to let somebody else go over there and try to talk to her first, you know. Because you're just sending out bad, bad vibes. Yeah, and also you have to stay off the phone, because a lot of people, if they're by themselves, they're talking on the phone because they don't want to be walking around by themselves, and then no one can approach them. Absolutely. People do that all the time, and that's definitely the biggest club, um, that's like club, uh, what do you call it, club behavior, but it's not the, behavior isn't the word, but that's like, that's the thing to do in the club. You get in the club, you get around all your friends, but you stare at your phone and text <laughs> message all day. Right, right, right. You can sit up on couches just looking down, texting somebody <laughs> who's not there, ignoring the people who are there. Yeah, I know. So, stop that. Okay, so you also say, and by the way, can you tell I read the book? Oh, yeah, I'm so happy that you read the book. Hey. It's a great book, though, right? Absolutely. I mean, I figure if I'm going to interview you, I might as well read the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so why should a woman never tell a man she has, to, uh, she set a time limit as to when she will sleep with him? Because then he will, he will wait that time limit out. Will they all? And something like that should definitely be spontaneous, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because then when you put a certain firm date on it, yeah. then either the guy is going to play you until he gets to that date, right. or a guy, or it's too much pressure, you know, leading up to that date. Right, the big date is coming. <laughs> yeah, the big date is coming. You know, it has to be perfect. You know, and I don't think, you know, the best sex happens that way. I think the best sex happens spontaneously. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to be adult enough to say, okay, this is what I want to do. I know what. I know what decision I'm making. I'm going to be safe about it, and I'm going to go for it. I'm an adult. But to be like, okay, well, in three months, everything <laughs> will be perfect, and I will be ready, and you will have earned this cookie. <laughs> oh, man, going to take your cookie and run. Uh, <laughs> well, not if he's interested. Yeah, not if he's interested. You're right. But, you know. Right. It's just a bad idea to do that because now you got a guy focused on one thing and he should just be focused on you. Yeah. Not or, having sex with you. You know what I mean? Right. Or I say, you know, if you do have the three-month rule, then don't say it. And that way he doesn't know you have the three-month rule and maybe by, by, by the first or second month he'll drop off. Absolutely. Because you could change your mind. Right. Exactly. You could absolutely change your mind and now you're going to feel bad for having sex in three weeks instead of three months. Although usually there's the three-date rule, which I think is retarded. <laughs> people, I mean, different people flow with different things. Have You know, I, I don't know what works. I mean, I've dated a whole hell of a lot in my day. Mm -hmm. And it, every, every situation was different, yeah. you know. So for people 
to stick to their guns, that's absolutely, that's great. But then to tell other people how they should act and behave in those situations, I think that's crazy because every situation isn't the same. Yeah, I mean, I can give I can give somebody the perfect advice, but it but it works with me. Right, you could be dating a jerk. It's not going to work with you if you're dating a jerk. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's the wrong advice to give you. Right, like in terms, because you know, women always ask me, well, when should I have sex? And I, you know, I always say, you know, it's better to wait because you know, no one has ever uh, regretted rushing into sex, but they. No, people have regretted rushing into sex. <laughs> I know. I'm dyslexic. Uh, okay, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. They've regretted Absolutely. rushing it, but not waiting. You know, no one. Right. So. I don't hear a lot of people saying, "Man, I should have got it." <laughs> I should have just, you know what I mean? Should just rushed in. Um, right. Okay, and also I think that was, I thought this was funny that you say that guys will start introducing you to other people as their girl and wait for you to either correct him or confirm it. Right. Absolutely. You know, because sometimes it's a it's a very awkward moment. I mean, back in grade school, it was easy. Right. You know, you know, but now as an adult, who says, "Are you my girlfriend?" <laughs> who who says that? Do you you know, who says, "Do you want to go with me?" You want to go with me? <laughs> Remember that back in the day? Yeah, you want to go with me? Uh, yeah. And then, and then the smart aleck girls would always say, "Go where?" <laughs> <laughs> when they knew what you were talking about. Right, right, right. So now, you know, you know, you go out, and it's been a couple of dates, so it's been over a month. Or, you, you know, a woman sometimes lets you know that, you know, I'm not seeing anybody but you. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, and you just go and say, yeah, you know, I'm not seeing anybody but you either. Mm. But then it's that public rule when you get in front of friends and everybody where you say, hey, this is my girl. You know, this, this is my girlfriend. And if she doesn't correct you, then you're all good. Mm. You know. If it's a long car ride home because she's <laughs> silent, <laughs> you know, then you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, or because a lot of times you get back alone, or you get in the car, and girls say, "So we boyfriend and girlfriend now, huh?" Right, like, right, yeah. right. right. <laughs> they want to confirm it. They want you to put a stamp exactly. on it. Exactly. Well, I heard you introduce me as this, but is that what we are? Yeah, that's what we are. Well, you're my lady. We want to make sure you, we did that. We heard right. Absolutely. <laughs> and we and we was hoping that you heard so that you could confirm it, so that it wouldn't be an awkward moment. Okay, so then I guess it, the way to find out if you are someone's girl is to uh, go out uh, to a party with your guy and see how he introduces you. <laughs> That's the yeah, test. Yeah, you, you can always, I mean, you can always ask, but you know what? When a guy automatically tells people that without even, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just hey, this, hey, this is my girlfriend, so-and-so, you know, and... You, the the look on her face, especially if that's what she wants, mm -hmm. man, that's priceless. That's one of the best moments in the relationship. Right. That's almost because she goes home and tell her girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, Finesse told me his girlfriend today at the party. No, no, she texts her girlfriend five minutes later from the bathroom. Yeah, there it is. You're right. absolutely right. Okay, nobody's waiting to get home. <laughs> that's too long to wait. Um, you also okay. And then in terms of monogamy, you said that men don't have a clue as to when they're ready. They just wake up one day and say, will you be my girl? I mean, is that true? They just wake up one day and know? Well, it happens one of two ways. Men could get busted dating somebody else that they're not in love with, but they're still sexing. And all of a sudden, it's like, you got to choose. Or, you know, you can't have me and all these other people. So then the dude is like, oh, okay, well, yeah. Now I got to be monogamous because I don't want to lose this girl. I'm crazy about her. Mm -hmm. Or is it, it? We just wake up one day and 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 we're so focused. Like from the day we met you, 
everything just went so smoothly that we're like, I don't want to, I'm not even focused on any other girls. I didn't have nobody on the bench, so it's not like I got to cut anybody loose anyway. But that, that's, that's, that. and then the third way is just, you know, you just start streaming people out. Mm. You don't get busted. It's not that you're dating people. You are dating people, but you, you just stop calling people. Right. You stop calling people you used to mess with. And that's and that's a that's a very hard thing for some girls to be like, How come you don't call me no more? Well, oh, I heard you got a girlfriend now. You know, they'd be the last to know. Because mm-hmm. no guy's like, Hey, I got a girlfriend so I can't, you know, have <laughs> sex with you anymore. We just stop calling. Right. And I've always noticed it's cool for women to stop calling guys. But if a guy stops calling a girl, we're jerks. Yeah, but also what I've noticed is even if a guy stops calling, eventually he calls again. Eventually. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he always says, hey, stranger, how come you ain't been calling me? Right. That old line. <laughs> we always, yeah, we always switch it. Yeah, exactly. Which takes me to my next question, which is, what are some signs of a player? Uh, I'm sure you know. Just inc- inconsistency. Uh-huh. Inconsistency and a whole bunch of different types of stories. Mm. I mean, this guy has a story or an excuse for everything. Um, that, then when you go out in public to a social place, watch his eyes and watch the way he connects with other people or he tries to interact with other women. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's flirty and then there's just over the top. Right. You know, the same way with women, you take a girl out and she's always going to the bathroom every five minutes. She's always saying, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. No, she's walking the room. She mm-hmm. is working that room. What? She was letting other people know that, you know, he could be my guy, but I could just be here as a, he could just be my friend, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, you know, that, those are, those are the, top, the top two ways to, uh, you know, people's interaction in a social environment with other people or just somebody that just is always inconsistent. You can't get them to nail down something that you need to know specifically, mm-hmm. you know. How do you feel about me? You all right? What you mean I'm all right? What does that mean? <laughs> you cool? What you mean I'm cool? You know? Right. And what about He doesn't want to say the words you you no, you you my girl, you the one I want to be with. Yeah. And what about like in terms of telling if a guy is lying? Do you think if a guy tells an elaborate story, he's more likely to be lying? Yeah, I, th- I think if a guy goes into a, a bunch of details with a story that they're lying, mm. you know. Why are you late? Oh, okay. Okay, first of all, <laughs> it was raining right. Now, you know how I get when it be raining. Then I got pulled over. And when I got pulled over, I said, man, do I have my wallet? Like, he goes into so much detail <laughs> <laughs> that you're like, wait a minute, you know. Yeah. So uh, I maybe- think that's one way to tell people are lying. Or if they just if they just totally avoid the question, they have talked to you for twenty minutes and they have not answered that one question you keep asking them. Mm. Yeah. Except the only thing with telling a uh, a long story with a lie is that some guys they're actually big talkers. They actually love to talk and talk and talk. So you got to know mm-hmm. which guy you're with. Absolutely. Whether it's I'm a combination of both. Oh, are you? So you only lie half mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. They're like <laughs> if I'm lying, then you're gonna get an earful. Oh, okay. All right. Good to know. All right. So now another <laughs> another one of your one-liners is he should have learned to swim before he hooked up with you. Should have learned to swim. Do you remember that line? Towards the back of the book. <laughs> In terms of he should have had his act together. 
Oh, okay. There it is. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to put you on the spot there. I know you write stuff, then you totally forget that you write it. Yeah, you, well, you know, I do a column, so it's like it's like you read five questions, you answer two, they pick those, you know, Essence, will, Essence Magazine will pick the two they want. Uh-huh. So I'm always trying to be witty and funny and use metaphors and similes and, and, and onomatopoeias and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to write something to be clever. Right, right. But uh, I, I think that was in reference to just what? People, that, you he should have learned this. Go ahead. He should have had his act together, you know, before, you know, meeting you. Because if you're at a certain level and he's not there yet, well, maybe if he had gotten his act together beforehand, then he would be at that level. Right. Like, like taking people, like once it gets that serious and the water gets like that deep, he should have known better than to take himself out there anyway mm-hmm. if he can't swim right. and vice versa. You know, especially when something is actually going down a certain road and you see it going down that road, but you don't have the courage to stop it. Right. Okay. And on to the next one-liner. Don't try to work it out. Walk it out. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a reference to the song, one of my favorite rap songs. Which one is that? You know, that's called Walk. It's the song, I walk it out, I walk it out, I walk it out, East Coast walk it out. That's called oh. Walk It Out. I don't know. It was just this big rap song that was real popular two years ago where everybody was walking it out on the dance floor. Oh, I don't remember that one. You know, so it was. It, mm-hmm. oh, so who sang it? It, it was me. It was me. <laughs> it was you. You don't remember that song? I walk it out like Usher. I if don't. They real talk. I probably won't. Never mind. That's a remix. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways. But that's basically. I know that was in reference. That was in reference to saying that if something is too far gone, you know, sometimes you can't fix something that's just too broken. Mm-hmm. So instead of working it out, walk it out, meaning walk away. Right. You know brilliantly said I may have to <laughs> plagiarize you at some point and um, why do you think that men won't tolerate a woman who cheats whereas a woman will uh, because women are just more forgiving mm. whereas men it's such an ego thing yeah I mean a woman that cheats on a guy is such a slut oh my <laughs> god <laughs> oh, because you think so nasty. because you think you're so great in bed it's like how dare she have sex with someone else I'm you know, the man is just so great, period. Mm. Like, why would you want to sleep with somebody else? Exactly. And then lie about it. Ugh. <laughs> so slutty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the, the final uh, um, one-liner, and this is a really good one. Just as there are men that are nothing but dogs, there are women who pride themselves as dog catchers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dog catchers around, unfortunately. Lot. Because you know what? You got a good-looking guy. He got nice wavy hair. He has his dimples, cologne, shirt halfway unbuttoned. And he's not even doing it in a Euro-trashy type of way. He's just a real smooth brother. Mm-hmm. But you can tell this guy dates everybody in the state of California and New York. You can tell. Mm-hmm. This guy's just bi-coastal. He's charming, everybody. And he tells you, I'm dating. You know, I'm just dating. I'm just dating. And women constantly go after that guy. They constantly try to get that guy to only date them, and they get their heart broken. Mm-hmm. And that's when I say, you know, if a guy, t- he's not going to say, I'm a dog. He's going to say, yeah, I'm dating a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So if you go after that with the biggest net you can find, trying to say, yep, I'm, you know, this is my, I'm going to grab this guy up, and 
you know, I'm going to change his ways. And if it doesn't work, then that was your fault for going after that, that puppy in the first place. Told you he was a Rottweiler. You try, you think he a puppy. <laughs> this man is vicious. He just got a nice, charming smile with him. Yeah, and, you know, this reminds me of uh, someone wrote me uh, something on MySpace, and they said, how come all the hot women and men uh, you know, their status is always single. And I was wondering the same thing. It's like you go on Facebook or MySpace and you see some hot-looking guy or girl and they're always single. It's like, how can all these people be single? Well, here's the thing. A lot of those people on Facebook and MySpace are not single. That's right. Their status is single. <laughs> but they're not. Just the status is. <laughs> they're not single. Yeah. You know, half the, half the people on those social websites has a has a mate that don't even participate on those things so you can put whatever you want to put on those things because you know like my girl isn't in the, and my wife is in the myspace you know what i mean uh-huh right but we got on and and i had to get her onto facebook you know but you know i've clicked on some of my friends pages that i know are in relationships and their spouse is nowhere to be found uh-huh. but they but they got 800 and something friends uh-huh. and they're <laughs> single you know and hey so uh those things are the biggest troublemakers right now as far yes. as MySpace and Facebook because it's an instant point and click to trouble. I know. All I have to do is click on this person and say hello and put a picture of somebody else up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or someone, you know? or someone puts a comment. This happened to a girlfriend of mine on you know, a guy's page and she said, oh, I'm the future Mrs. So-and-so. And so the girl right. he was dating looked at this and goes, what do you mean she's the future Mrs. So-and-so? And she found out he was cheating. <laughs> Absolutely. Or it's funny because on my page, I'm almost at, I, I'm into Facebook more than I'm into MySpace. Yeah. It's hard for me to check MySpace. But my Facebook, I, I'm always changing my status. I'm always, you know, and, and if a girl comes on there, I can always tell when somebody just got on my page because it's like, you are so fine. You are so cute. And then 50 comments would be like, he married, girl, blah, 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 blah. And everybody <laughs> would just take shots at this girl like, he is married, blah, blah, blah. You know? So I don't even have to defend myself because... All my all my Facebook friends do it for me. So it says that you're married, but you're saying that women don't look at the fact that you're married or they don't care? Either some don't care or, you know, they think they can just, you know, put a comment, any type of comment on there, and and, and, sometimes, and they get easily corrected quickly. Yeah. By, by other friends. I got like almost, you know, 4,000-something friends now. Wow. Well, good for you. Are you on Twitter? I try to tweet, but I'm just... I just can't keep up with it like that, you know. And I think if I ever had it downloaded to my phone, if I had a, a proper phone yes. <laughs> that uh could that could uh hold the twit the the Twitter application, that I would do it more. Because for my career, like you know, I just got back from Canada, touring Canada, and I'm always uh, just on the road and just doing comedy shows. So I love to say I'm about to go on stage, and then a bunch of people will hit me and say, "Good luck, kill them, knock them dead, blah blah blah." But then, you know, if you, I'm only doing it from my computer, so right now that's kind of hard. Twitter right. is a thing that you should do from your phone. Yes. So if you can't do it from your phone, it doesn't make any sense. Right. And actually... Because uh, people send tweets every five minutes. Right, right. I'm actually on Twitter, and this morning I put up a message that you were going to be on the show. And mm-hmm. s- strangely enough, I immediately got 40 new followers. Wow. So I don't know what's up with that, but apparently, you know... <laughs> you might want to get on Twitter. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for I that. <laughs> I'm going to put your well, name up welcome. every day. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what my tweet is about. 
and I and I never work Twitter. I think I have fifteen hundred followers, but I never work it the way I should. And I'm and as soon as I get a better phone, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna start doing it because it is a good device just to let people know what city you're gonna be in, mm -hmm. what time you're going on stage, what location. You know. Yeah, come on. Other than that, I have friends that say stuff like, on my way to the bathroom, I hope everything works out. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, why would you put that on there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, it's about time you got yourself an iPhone there. <laughs> yeah, no. I think the iPhone is my next purchase. Yeah. So we are at the end of the interview, unfortunately. It's been great. Well, gee, I had such a great time. I know. It's been a blast. I mean, this is, this is yeah, this has been very thorough. That, that's right. I made sure that I covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> so your website is uh, finessemitchell.com and is there anything you, is there anything you want to plug well uh, I'll be in LA next week uh, I'll be in LA the 5th through the 9th hanging out at the Laugh Factory Comedy Club and the Improv well then um, you gotta get me a I'll, ticket I'll be go ahead you gotta get me a ticket then no doubt we'll definitely Twitter each other <laughs> And, and Facebook each other, and all where you, other you'll know exactly where I am. All right. You're, so you're now. Um, and then other, and then other than that, I'm just hitting a bunch of colleges. Want to give a big shout out to Kent State going up there, and then you know East Carolina University going there, and um, and I want to give a big shout out to SS Magazine, who keeps holding me down every other month with my column, Old Brother. All right. So. That sounds great. That's that, and, and the next thing I'm doing is working on my next is working on my TV show. I'm working on a TV pilot where I'm writing it myself, and I'm almost done with it, and I'm excited about that. And, can you and my second book. I just don't know what the title is oh. yet, but I have a lot of chapters and a lot of good funny stuff. Just got to put that right title on it. Yeah, the title is the most important thing, actually. The title is what sells the book. I know. A few words can make you or break you. A few. That's the title right there. What? A few words to make <laughs> you or break you. <laughs> no, you don't get no royalties. What? Okay, just... I'm just, stealing that. Just give me a credit or something. Uh, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on, and uh, good luck thank with everything. You. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. And uh, give a shout-out to Julie for me. I will. Julie Griffin. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, that was Finesse Mitchell, and the book, of course, was Your Girlfriend's Only Know So Much. See, I knew it would be a great interview because he's a comedian. Comedians, well, you know, they know how to talk because that's what they do for a living. Um, what's that joke that um, they say, what is the one job where it's not good if you fall on your face? And that would be if you're a comedian. <laughs> Something like that? Did I just mess up that joke? Probably. Hey, I'm not a comedian. All right, it's time for me to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining me. Remember, my website is theartoflove.net. Sign up for my weekly newsletter. Read excerpts from my book at lessonsoflove.net. And remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on LA Talk Radio.